good to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Welcome to episode 298 of the Daves I Know. God damn it, we're we're so very close to episode 300. Uh, and what are we doing for episode 300? I don't know. I feel like we should probably do that one in person, but uh, yeah, at least. Um, yes, I'm I'm open to ideas. So if any <clears throat> any of our friends on the uh, on the Twitter machines or in real life have any <clears throat> specific thoughts or ideas about episode 300 um let us know um maybe get really high on shrooms or something and record the podcast or like i could do that an mdma like guided mdma trip yes or something or like, a, or like um i feel like there should be sweating involved and in, and in, um and 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 philosophical enlightenments Someone told me shrooms would be good for my ADHD. And you know what? I haven't tried it yet. So um, let me look into that. I could probably make that happen. So um, that those voices you hear are the regular uh, host, co-host of the podcast. Uh, Jess, Jess, how have you been? Um, just, you know, rocked another interview out of the park today. Nice. And good job. Thanks. Oh, and I did an interview last week where I had to do a fake pitch. Oh my God, that was so hard. <laughs> it was, I was basically pretending like I was Mad Men, only, you know, a man. Yeah. And I don't know. If, I don't know if I got it or not, but the, I had every one of them laughing. <laughs> what were you, what were you trying to sell? Advertising. Okay. Go ahead, MJ. Oh, I was like, did they let you know what you were selling at least? Or did yes, you... yes. It's always harder, like, and make up a product, you know, like. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't have to do that. Make up a, a brand, a company, a, a, and a product line, you know, like, fuck that. Yeah. It Well, it was still a lot of work for, like, a job I maybe want, I think, you know? But, yeah. yeah. But I fucking, I made that my bitch and I was like. No notes. That was beautiful. Very good. Very good. Well, good luck on the rest of that. Um, hopefully Thanks. get something new new that you will enjoy here soon. Uh, we also have MJ on the podcast this tonight. MJ, how are you doing, buddy? Forget about how, how I'm doing. I just want you to appreciate the fact that Jess is on this podcast and can nail it, pitch interview with no notes, whereas <laughs> I give you mediocre content every week with notes. Like, <laughs> And and this is something that you like. You should be going onto Jess's Twitter and just lauding her with like cute animal gifts and whatever because she is so amazing. Yeah. And yes, I'm. Thanks, I, MJ. I'm I'm MJ. So whatever. yeah, I wasn't gonna say anything about your complete lack of uh, notes and things like that, MJ. Um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
there are times when I am on this podcast and you would swear I don't have notes. And the yeah. fact is I probably do. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> well, let's uh, let's jump in. Uh, we can start the uh, with the podcast that with the disappointing, disappointing match uh-huh. from this past Saturday. Uh, Minnesota United zero. The Sporks of Kansas City one. Um, this was a. Uh, I just threw in just some like the the main things. MJ to MJ's credit, he did put in a bunch of notes here. So, um, we'll kind of let MJ run the show here. But all in oh. all, just overall, this was a uh, a really. This is like the quintessential frustrating Minnesota United game, and at every thing. Oh that we are frustrated about from, from the team, uh, from Heath. It, it really it was, it, yeah, it was like, literally it was like the perfect storm of just being frustrated all night. Our, our complete inability to finish um, some particularly terrible refereeing, which we can talk about a little bit. That's, I mean, that's obviously not on Minnesota that's on pro and, and MLS, but it, it was some particularly bad refereeing as far as I'm concerned. I thought so. Yeah. Um, and just a general, like, never once, even when we were, like, we'll talk a little bit about in the second half when we actually kind of really threw it on and, and, and had some good opportunities. Never once did I think we were actually going to win this game. I was, like, resigned to a 0-0 draw or maybe we get a, we get a, a goal and then they get a, a, late, a late goal to equalize. I never once truly thought we were going to win this game, and that's not something I often say about the team. Like, as much as I rag on on this team and, and, and have in the past and for the last seven fucking years, um, they're often most games, especially in the last several years. I'm like, I feel like at some point in the game, I feel like we're going to win. Um, even if it's at the beginning of the game, but, um, and that I'm quickly disabused of that notion, this game, <laughs> this game, I ha- I did not even, I didn't feel that at all, which was a really, <laughs> a really frustrating thing. Um, so, anyways, let's let's start off in the first half. There's not a ton of stuff in the first half. MJ, you you put it on here the uh, the DJ Taylor shot in the uh, in the 19th minute. You want to talk about that? Everything about this whole play was pretty, except for the shot. <laughs> Everything except for the finish, which was terrible. <laughs> but I mean, is that not the quintessential like Minnesota United that we know today? Like, you have to admit that the players the two or three more players that he has continually added every year since he took they are better players and we're getting a better roster and they're playing more entertaining attacking style of of soccer but the loons are still gonna loons and what i mean by that is like we can't finish it's like the worst mj solo podcast ever that just it just doesn't finish and <laughs> Everything pretty Pookie is on the press. And not only is Pookie on the press, but everyone else on the loons is pressing. They're taking the passes away. They have to turn over the ball. And Gregush gets the interception. And he passes to Reynoso. And Reynoso beats two defenders. He does this pretty no-look back heel pass. Really cheeky to Fragapane. Fragapane probably should have shot, but he can't control the ball quickly enough. And he has to slide it over to G.D. Taylor. To G.D. Taylor's credit. He doesn't wait for it to get on his good foot. He shoots it one touch with his left foot, but it's just not that accurate. It's not that hard. And... Yeah, that was, I mean, it's kind of the quintessential um, thing about Minnesota and, and about this game in particular. I, I'll i say 
I'm going to throw it out here because we can, we can, if I don't know if you guys have any specific thoughts about the ref, but um, Tori Penso is the referee in this match. And she had, I thought a particularly bad game. MJ, you had a thought here quick. So I think she had an inconsistent game and, and we, I have a lot of respect for Tori Penso. Uh, she has refed women's world cups. She has refed, you know, men's games in the MLS. She's very, very, I think accomplished and talented referee. And one of the things I usually herald her for is being consistent and fair. Um, I felt maybe the calls went the right number of ways, but just absolutely inconsistent on what the teams should expect. Oh, this is a, you're going to call this every time, or you're going to call it like some teams got away with, you know, Sporting Kansas City was getting away with one thing. Minnesota United was getting away with other things. It, it was not consistent. Yeah, I'll say that that the DJ Taylor gets a yellow card in the twenty fourth minute for a particularly soft foul. Um, yeah, that was part yeah, of the inconsistency. Part of the inconsistency, and I'll say this: like, I agree, I agree with you, MJ. She, I know she's an accomplished referee, and that's great. Um, however, this is not the first time she's refereed a Minnesota game and had and been inconsistent. So mm. maybe some <laughs> must be something about Minnesota. Um, I, I believe it was in um, where were they playing. I think it was an RSL or earlier in the season when she called a penalty for RSL on a foul that was not even a foul. And if it was a foul, it wasn't in the box, but she called a penalty and was overturned by VAR after like a long VAR look. Uh, I believe that was RSL that that happened um, and that benefited Minnesota. And there's like, there was another particularly uh, shady, not now I want to say shady, a particularly, um, borderline penalty call that went Minnesota's way as well. So I, I think, and again, I, and referees are just like us, right? You know, some days we don't have our best days, our best days at our, at our, our job. And I understand that. Um, but this, yeah, the, the flow of this game was, was very choppy. There was, and again, yeah. to, your, to your point, MJ, like nobody, neither team knew what was going to be called, what wasn't going to be called. Um, there were some, and we don't need to spend a ton of time talking about this, but there's some, there's some penalty shouts, um, in the first half uh, for Minnesota, it was on the opposite end from the Wonderwall. So I didn't see it um, up close uh, or get a chance to really look at the replay, but you know, the, uh, Minnesota and then Reynoso kept getting fouled uh, in my estimation several times by, the, um, by um, Sporting Kansas City players and nothing was called, including right before Saints uh, Sporting Kansas City scored their, their game winning goal. Um, which we can talk about in a little bit, but I don't know if there's anything else we want to talk about referee wise. That was kind of the, the bulk of the first half was just kind of trying to figure out what the hell, how the hell was she was uh, uh, pencil was calling this particular match. All right. So let's jump into the second half. So first half um, sport in Kansas city was generally in control. I mean, I think they had the, the majority of the possession, not by a ton. Um, second half Minnesota really did come out and, and played a lot better. I, I will give them that they, they made some some tactical changes. Uh, they made some earlier subs. Uh, Sang Min Jong and um, Ismail Tajiri Shradi came in for Fragapane, who got a, a random start, and then Bongi. I should also point out Miguel Tapias was out, um, so Debasi stepped in for him, uh, and um, uh, Ethan Bristow came in on and played on the left hand, the left hand, the left fullback uh, spot. So, uh, so yeah, and actually, really when Sang Min Jong and, and uh, Tajiri Shradi came in. That's when Minnesota's really started to take it to Kansas City and really look like they might get 
that one goal that may be enough, um, at least for a draw, but definitely for, um, you know, for potentially a win. Uh, in the 66th minute, <clears throat> we had a really great opportunity. Uh, MJ, um, tell us a little bit about that. In the 66th minute, on a recycle from a Pookie shot that was blocked by the defense, very good job by Sporting Kansas City defense. Um, in general, Tim Melia kept them in the game very, very well. Hats off to him. But Dotson sends the ball back to Pookie, and he centers it in the general direction of Sangbin and uh, Tajiri Shradi. And Tajiri Shradi, one touch, toes the ball, and it is going in the net. But Jacob Davis comes out of nowhere and gets his head on the ball. It looked might have been lower arm or shoulder, but on replays, it was definitely his head. And it barely goes to the crossbar. Back of his head. And he it was the back of his head. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't even. Yeah, it was the back of his head. Not even looking at the ball. Right. He's just trying to get back there. You know, he's just running backwards to try to get back there, and it and it hits his head. And That's an asinine save. You you cannot blame Tajiri Shradi for one touching that and not like corralling the ball and waiting for this backtracking defender to like go past him or something like that. Like that's, you know, nine times out of 10, that's a goal. You know? Yeah. So just... Yep. That was, and that kind of was like the thesis for the night, right? Like just something that should have been and clearly wasn't. So 70th minute, um, Sporting Kansas City had made a couple subs earlier. Um, they got a Kinda. <clears throat> comes on for Eric Tomei. Um, that will be uh, relevant in shortly. Uh, 74th minute. Just this one, I, I couldn't believe. Uh, this was right in front of the Wonderwall. Um, Pookie gets a, gets an opportunity literally six yards out uh, and it has the entire net to shoot at. Uh, Tim Malia is on the ground. And what does he do? He shoots directly at Malia. However, there was a lot of stuff that happened before this. MJ, uh, break it down for us a little bit here. Well, it all starts with Boxall being very good on defense, winning the ball, and then sending a long through ball. And when I say through ball, I don't mean through two people or three people. This went through four Sporting Kansas City players and two loons. And 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 it hits Reynoso on the money. I mean, it was just this is beautiful pass on the pitch, long to Reynoso. He's on the right side, and then he squares the ball over to Pookie. And coulda, woulda, shoulda. Uh, I was going to blame Pookie for not letting a diving Melia to go by him and just having a little more patience on the ball. And then I watched. I saw Melia was way over on our right, his left post. He was way over on the left post. There was no reason why he thought he could just one touch and hit the ball. Melia gets onto his feet and leaps over and makes this amazing save. That's on Timelia. Like, I, I wish he would have passed to Sangbin Jong, and Sangbin Jong would have passed back over to Puki, and then Puki would have shot and it was a goal. But I can't blame Puki for seeing an empty net there and seeing Melia on the other post and, t- and taking the one touch, right? I just can't. That's just yeah. really good save. Yeah, Timelia had a, a very, very good game. Um, about five minutes later, Minnesota scores. They put the ball in the back of the net. However, uh, Michael Boxall was offside. Um, and Emmanuel Reynoso free kick, um, a really just absolutely amazing ball. Or no, this was this actually might have been. Um, yeah, it was it was Emmanuel Reynoso? Um, not because uh, um, Greg Goose was taking some taking a couple of the free a longer free kicks. This was a little closer. And, and there was this other thing. Minnesota had what 
at least four or five free kicks in that Emmanuel Reynoso range in the second half, about, you know, 25 to 30 yards out, just outside the box. Uh, and this was the only one that actually was decent. Most of them were, you know, went wide, um, didn't even touch a Minnesota player. Um, but this was an absolutely great one. Michael Boxel makes a really great run. He's just literally like uh, just a just a bit offside, um, unfortunately. And he was offside, you know, and that was that was unfortunate. Uh, in the 80th minute, uh, Mender Garcia comes on for Timu Puki. Uh, and in the 81st minute, uh, our good friend Roger Espinosa comes on for uh, Nemanja Roja. Uh, uh, that will be <laughs> important in about four more minutes. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, in the, I think it was the 83rd minute, Reynoso gets pulled down, um, pulled uh, on his shirt. It should have been a second yellow card. I can't remember which um, specific Kansas City player was the one who did that. Um, but that was a missed call. Um, Keith was furious. He was, he was up and down the sideline. <laughs> the Minnesota's bench was furious. And less than a minute later, uh, Gadi Kinda scores from, of all people, Roger Espinosa. Um, the man who loves scoring and assisting against Minnesota United. Um, this was a, a comedy of errors from our defense, MJ. Um, yeah. You want to tell us about it? One thing that we don't do enough is dribble horizontally. Fraga and, and Reynoso are pretty good at it at times. Dotson's incredible at it. But we do not try to create different shooting lanes horizontally by dribbling. We're very direct and often dribbling right at the net. Uh, and so Godekin is doing this. He's dribbling horizontally. No problem, but defense 101, help your goalkeeper out. Make that the smallest angle, the, the shallowest angle, just a sliver of a shooting lane that Dane St. Clair knows where the ball's coming, which means you force that shit like dog shit, force it outside. <laughs> Bristol does not force Gadikinda or the ball outside. He lets him go by him to the middle. And then Dibasi steps up. Let Scotty Kinder do the same. Dribble even more middle, more into more dangerous areas where it's more. No, um, that's actually a great point about Ethan Bristow. Um, I thought he periods of this game where he looked decent, but I think overall on the whole, I don't think Bristow is ready to be a, a starting fullback on an MLS team. Um, he's young, right? So definitely has time. Uh, there definitely are, are spurts where he looks really good. Um, yes. he, he can get he can get into get into the attacking half. I just don't think he has the um, the defensive acumen yet to know um, when to pull when to pull back um, you know, when whom to cover. I mean, there's several times where he was caught out for, uh, and Sporting yes. Kansas City had decent opportunities. I, I think I don't I don't mean to say that he don't I don't think he can ever be a MOS caliber fullback. I think he certainly can. I think he definitely, unfortunately. Um, put into a position where he needs to start. Uh, I think when they brought him in, I think they thought Kamar Lawrence would be with this team. He could, he could, you know, learn from Kamar Lawrence, who's a, a obviously very veteran MLS fullback um, and be a, a slightly better option um, than say a Zarek Ballantin. Um, But I think he's kind of got thrust into the starting role, especially with uh, Tapias out um, and Debasi having to step up and, play that left um the left center back position so that is a uh, frustrating but then again the kid's very young and i'm not we're not not throwing the baby out with the bathwater here this one i think there definitely are you can definitely see the good things that the team clearly identified with him now can he figure out the defensive side of the ball that's the big question 
Yeah. And I say, let him learn by fire, you know, and, and I, I like, which, which is my way of saying, let him start, or if you don't have him start, you know, bring him in, in the second half when the player is a little bit more tired and, and just let him learn at this level. I don't think you need to relegate him to the twos or, you know, that sort no. of thing. Um, but yeah, invest in him, continue to build on him. And like, hopefully this game, like you said, he's been very good at other times. And this gets to the Tory Penso problem, inconsistent, you know, and, and so we just want to see more consistency from even Bristow. But uh, yeah, don't throw the Bristow out with the bathwater. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> um speaking of fullbacks uh, and I, which means we have a we have a fullback problem because i think uh dj taylor needs to be rotated i think uh i think he is good in small do- smaller doses um i just don't we don't have the fullback depth in order to do this but uh too often again too often dj taylor was caught out of position um or this is something i, I noticed more importantly in in the second half when the when um, Minnesota was attacking the wonder wall is that his crosses were just in the second half were just not there at all. Like his crosses were low and on the ground, um, <clears throat> not into the, not into space. They were just, they were bad crosses. And for some reason, um, this team continually insists on having the fullbacks get into the, you know, get into the attacking areas and the ones making the crosses, um, specifically from that right fullback spot from the DJ Taylor spot. Um, <clears throat> and they're just not good. Uh, I mean, maybe they're a little better in the first half. So maybe it was just, it was just, you know, he was tired and uh, you know, you know, weak legs or, or just tired legs, heavy legs. Um, but yeah, the second half was particularly second half in particular was, was not great for uh, our crossing um, at all generally, but specifically from DJ Taylor. Metnier was good at it that one year, and and Heath is riding the the coach. See, we can do this. We have, can have fullbacks do this. Like Metnier was good at the one year, you know, you know, and even Metnier cannot consistently do that when you get run into the ground and played as often. Like I'm with you, DJ Taylor needs a rest now and then, and Heath has been cycling Zarek Valentin on the right sometimes but sometimes then he moves dj taylor to the left you know yeah <clears throat> or, or you know he, he says oh that didn't work as well let's have dj taylor stand on the right and let's try so he's cycling fullbacks but it's like but he's cycling fullbacks and dj taylor's still playing because he is really good and i get it but you know yeah he's a break really good is is doing a lot of really and good is doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sense um <laughs> Uh, I think I, I think, think he's, he's good. He, he's a serviceable he be, fullback. He's a serviceable fullback at the MLS level. Yes. Yeah. I I will again. I will give you that. He can be good. Um. In I think in smaller doses. Um. I think they're exposed how, um, how little fullback depth they actually have. <clears throat> uh. I mean they've they, they've trotted out Devin Pedelford uh, there. I you mentioned Zarek Valentin. Um. I, I'll be, I would be interested to see what they do. And we will talk about the LA galaxy game coming up on Wednesday. It would not surprise me if, if uh, Zarek gets a, gets a start on the right on, on Wednesday out in LA. Um, one good thing from this game was that I got to be on the pitch for warmups uh, and help present a $7,000 check to the pinky square foundation uh, through. So 
if you guys you didn't get them, they're they're already gone. Uh, Zarek Valentin uh, designed a hat, um, and we sold it through the Wonderwall. And all the money we raised uh, went to the Pinky Square Foundation. So we raised the Wonderwall and Zarek between that the hats that he sold uh, to his friends and family and things like that, plus the hats that we sold through the Wonderwall, which were literally gone in like 24 hours. We these hats were were high. Uh, awesome they're super cool they're waterproof actually so like i wore mine the other day to take ragnar to school and it was raining and i got home and the hat was all wet but like my head was completely dry it was kind of awesome anyways um just something that zarek put together pinky square foundation works with kids with childhood cancer um it's so it worked out really well with the the kick childhood cancer sort of awareness that was going on um at the match on uh on saturday but then uh, Sherry Ballard <clears throat> uh, from Minnesota United, the CEO, um, she matched the $3,500 that we raised for the Pinky Square Foundation. So we were able to give them a check for $7,000, uh, which is super cool. Got some pictures with some folks uh, from the from the foundation as well as Zarek. And got to hang out on the pitch for uh, the pregame warm-ups right, behind, right by the Minnesota United bench. So that was super cool. Oh. If you ever get a chance to get on the pitch for warm-ups, uh, definitely, definitely get, take advantage of that. So... Uh, all right. So that's a good thing. Yeah. So that's, and that's the wonder wall, the wonder wall plus Zarek Valentine and, and, and Sherry from the team. were all the ones who helped contribute to that, uh, that $7,000 donation. Uh, so yeah. Um, all right. What do we got for Freddie? Do Does anybody have anything specific or, or do we just want to like chalk this one up to a, uh, do? yeah. Uh, MJ, anybody specific you wanted to shout out or, or, or highlight as being, good or or not so good or do we want to just so, skip this this week boxall let Polito get behind him that one time and then he backtracked and when Polito wasn't comfortable taking a left-footed shot and tried to pull back to his right boxall was right there um he helped uh start a lot of counterattacks, including that really long through ball to reno so that should have been a goal I, I thought he played well um and i i pick on him a lot because he's supposed to be our best uh center back Maybe Tapias is our best, but like he's really, really solid on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And he almost had that goal, just a, a hair offside. And and he doesn't have a lot of hair. So <laughs> I, I, I give my good Freddie Adu to Michael Boxel. Yeah, that's actually that's a really good shout. Um I noticed him specifically in the uh in the first half, him and Dane uh were just yelling and shouting at um our midfielders to actually move the ball forward um yeah. our midfielders kept recycling the ball and then passing it back to dane or passing it back to michael boxel and and, and getting and recycling <clears throat> and that was probably will trap missed this game i believe he was he wasn't feeling well so they had fragapane um and hasani dotson in the midfield um i i don't believe that 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 combination of midfielders has ever played together for an extended period of time um, and so there was, it was very disjointed, the midfield. And so you definitely could tell, I could, you could hear Dane and, and Michael Boxall just yelling um, at the midfield to, you know, move the ball forward, to progress it forward, to get, you know, get Reynoso um, and Pookie and, and, and Bongi involved in the play. And you could definitely tell like in the second half that, that change and, and, and they weren't, they were they were getting more in the play, so I think you know what whether that was some sort of halftime re adjustments or just at halftime, Michael Boxel and Dane Sankar getting in Hassani Dotson and um, uh, Frog upon his face, just basically like get the fucking ball 
to the front of the fucking uh, line and let the let the fucking attacking players do their fucking job. Um, or if there's other uh, tactical adjustments. But yeah, I think that's box was, was a good shout for for uh, for Freddie to do for this one, MJ. So good point. All right. Now let's move on to our award winning segment. Jess's post-match hot or not review. Jess, take it away. Okay. Well, I was almost immediately disgusted by some very unattractive behavior by one said Roger Espinoza. He came over to the warm out, warm out, warm up area, like super early. He was the first player over there before even the trainer. And he's like trolling for people who want his autograph or like want to take selfies with him. But he's like, clearly like I in the crowd, like who wants me? Like, it was very weird and gross. And like, I felt, I almost was like, do I, should I go take a selfie with this dude that I don't really know? Like, should I just do it because I can? And he's clearly asking for it, but I, I, I resisted. I didn't, I just didn't. It was pathetic and too pathetic even for me. So hot, thermically speaking, Peter Vermees. He gets so worked up, waving his arms around and whistling like he's calling the very hounds of hell from the pitch. Like that's going to help anything, just making these obnoxious whistles. And I was surprised that we did not see that jacket of his come off. I wasn't disappointed, but I wasn't surprised. (laughs) Okay, lukewarm, pookie. My patience is waning. I want this for him. I do. And he's just still one be behind. I can't take it anymore. Heartwarming. Meeting my neighbor, Craig, who apparently has lived on the other end of my row at Allianz all of these years and said that affectionately I'm known as Red amongst his family. (laughs) And I gave him full permission to continue to refer to me in such nature. And they think I'm delightful. <laughs> and I awesome. told him that's awesome because every year I get brand new neighbors. And not every year <laughs> people right next to me think I'm awesome. But thanks, Craig. Big shout out to Craig. Not hot. There were two or three, I couldn't tell, two to three freaking sport sporks fans in the row behind me. And they of course, flipped their shit when that goal happened and, you know, just, just, just cheering like they belong in my section of the stadium. They don't belong in my section of the stadium. Don't they belong in the supporter section? And I'm just saying they're very lucky that the weather was fine and I was in a good mood and didn't feel like making a super ass of myself, (laughs) but I would have on another night. Handsome. Gosh darn Johnny Russell. He's just so good looking that the face of hair, the head of hair, it's, it's all going for him. I can't, I can't help it. I don't want to like him. I just, you, you also know he's Scottish, right? Yeah, I know. So we Scott. So we Scott. Um, well, thank you, Jess. Um, to your point about the sporting Kansas defense, I mean, it's technically they can buy seats in any section except for the wonder wall. So, but you know, there's a reason why most uh, supporting uh, uh, supporters of the opposing team or the visiting team all tend to sit together so that there's, you know, power yeah. and numbers and things Strength like and that. Numbers so. Against red. 
against red. But yeah, uh, I mean, duly noted sporting Kansas City fans, you're on watch for the next time you come to town, maybe in the uh, eight, nine playoff game that we might be <laughs> we might be hosting in a couple weeks. So. <clears throat> All right, well, let's move on. Um, let's hit Minnesota United FC 2. They went into the game. They played Sporting Kansas City 2 on Sunday. They went into their game uh, in seventh place. Um, and uh, they have, I believe, this game, and then they have one more game left after this. They beat Sporting Kansas City 2, 3-2 to two up at the Nessie, uh, their last home game of the regular season. I know the Dark Clouds uh, made an effort to get out there <clears throat> and be cheering on the team. A huge, huge win for for MNUFC too. Um, MJ, um, you got some notes from this one? Yeah, uh, three really good goals. Uh, Mosquera from Romanchin, Uwe from Bello, and then Romanchin again um, in, uh, had the assist, now gets the goal from Pacheco. And if you have not seen Pacheco's porn stash, my God, what are you doing going to Minnesota United two games and not seeing that porn stash? Fred Emmings gets five saves. I think it's a good win against a good MLS Next Pro team. That moves them from seventh to sixth place. The top seven teams in the West make the playoffs. Um, they're at 43 points. That's one point above the Earthquakes, two and three points behind St. Louis City, two in the fifth uh, place spot. Last regular season game is this coming Sunday at the Crapids, um, 4 p.m. <clears throat> Central, I believe. Who are the uh, number one team in the Western Conference uh, for MLS Next Pro? Um, yeah, you said Minnesota currently sits in sixth place on forty-three points. Uh, San Jose Earthquakes two, who they beat uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, play at home against uh, LAFC two. Um, LAFC two are in thirteenth place, and the <laughs> uh, the team chasing the other team chasing Minnesota for the last and final playoff spot in eighth place is Houston Dynamo two. Uh, they're on 40 points, um, but they have a plus five goal differential. And they're playing LA Galaxy 2 at 4 p.m. Um, on uh, Sunday. Uh, LA Galaxy 2 is in 14th place. So we're playing the best team in the league, and the two teams that are chasing us um, are playing the two worst teams in the league. Uh, so Minnesota desperately, desperately, desperately needs a point against uh, the Crapids uh, yes. 2 team in order to qualify to guarantee they make the playoffs. So... Um, they're in a good position. Um, they've been basically around sixth, seventh, eighth all year uh, in the MLS Next Pro, and they didn't make the playoffs last year. It would be a really good, a really good sign uh, for this team to make the playoffs this year. So here's hoping that they go down to or go out to Colorado and and like I said, at least at least snag a point from uh, from that game. If not, if not all three, I mean they could potentially move up to um, <clears throat> uh, fifth place, uh, depending on how things uh, fare out. It, it would be hard for them to do that um, because St. Louis City is on 46 points and has a better goal differential, but crazier things have happened. So so hopefully uh, Minnesota United FC 2 gets the job done on Sunday. All right. Cool. Uh, well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk some Gopher soccer, um, some Aurora news, as well as the upcoming matches uh, against LA on Wednesday and St. Louis City on uh, Saturday. We'll be right back. You won't
All right, we're back for the second half of the episode. Um, I also get, I forgot to mention this, um, that the Minnesota United announced the St. Paul Cup uh, will be happening on October 6th, which is um, <clears throat> a match they do every year at Allianz Field um, between a couple of different high schools. This year, it's St. Paul Central. Um, set rope. My, my Minutemen are taking on Highland Park, uh, the Scots, the team I used to, or the, the high school where I coach high school wrestling. So, um Games are on October October sixth. Um, there is you tickets are free, but there is a link um, from the team that takes you to SeatGeek, so you can sign up for the number of tickets you want. Um, I said October sixth is is the match. It's a Friday, I believe. The girls' game um, kicks off at five thirty, uh, and the boys' game kicks off at seven thirty. So um, it'll be fun. You get to sit on the on the side um, where the benches are. They they kind of close most of the stadium down but there will be concessions and stuff open so you know definitely encourage if you have you know little kids or or people that you're trying to get to Allianz to start just see the stadium it's a good opportunity and a good way to do that so um definitely check that out if you can um I'm definitely going to be bringing Elise Ragnar hopefully the entire family to that as well so uh all right and then Minneapolis City um not a ton of Minneapolis City news um they are posting updates for their players, the, the players that they have playing at the collegiate level. Um, you can follow Minneapolis city SC on Twitter. <clears throat> um, and they are, they're always highlighting, you know, when players are playing or doing well, things like that. And then the other sort of Minneapolis city note is make sure you buy your membership soon. I'm not sure how long the, the early membership discount of uh, sale price of $74 will last, but it will eventually go up. And so you want to make sure you get your membership and the earlier you buy it, the better it is for the club. That is a, um, a, a nonprofit organization. Every, every dollar they get in, um, especially before the season kicks off is, is absolutely vital uh, for their continued survival. So check out Minneapolis City when you can. And just with their budget, right there with their budget, it helps if you get this in sooner rather than later. And if you become a member, you can vote on uh, this coup that I'm organizing to get MJ off the board of Minneapolis right. City. So yeah. <laughs> I'm a member because join, join my coup. <laughs> Who are you putting up in his stead? I just, I, I don't know. Anybody? <laughs> I think anybody would be Jeff. Than- <laughs> Jeff. Yeah. Well, let's, let's go. Let's, let's, we'll, have a, we'll have a, we'll have a coup from the podcast. Um, hashtag MJ out. Hashtag Jess in. Jess you know, in. I, I, I think that's a campaign we all can agree on. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Listen, what other soccer team, when you buy season tickets, you become a voting member to vote on anything as important as what leagues are we going to play? Should we pay our coaches to what is the scarf going to look like? What is the kit going to look like? This gives you an immense amount of power. And if and you, you must use member, it only for good and never for evil. Unless you're you organizing a member, when the, when the vote comes around, you don't get to vote. <clears throat> Cool. All right. Uh, speaking of more amateur soccer, Gophers, uh, they kicked off. Did they kick off their Big Ten season last Friday? They um, did. And uh, how'd that go, MJ? I know you're you're covering the team for for us here. So and for equal time soccer, more importantly, because <clears throat> they're actually paying you to do it. <clears throat> they are, and they were in Ann Arbor, Michigan, to take on the Wolverines. Both goalkeepers had an amazing game. Plashko was incredible. But maybe even more incredible was Michigan goalkeeper Stephanie Sparkowski. Uh, I do not have the save totals, but both teams had great attacking chances. 
the good part of this, it was zero zero at half, and Minnesota came out looking like the better team. They had better shots from better places, better attacking chances. But that D, that back line for Michigan and uh, Stephanie Sparkowski just put everything away. You know, like Kai Harper's in there doing cool things. Megan Nemec's doing cool <laughs> things. Izzy Brown. So, both Sophia's, Sophia Bowman, Sophia and Romine, they're both just this amazing attack and couldn't score a goal. And eventually Michigan did score. So Michigan wins one nothing. Uh, that ends a four-game unbeaten streak that Minnesota had going into this game. However, this Thursday is a chance to start a new streak. They play Michigan State at Elizabeth Lyle Robbie Stadium, 6 p.m. this Thursday, September 21st. The first 150 fans get a free T-shirt. You will have to get there early to, to get that, you know. The, the stadium holds about 2,000. You know, get if you want to be one of the 150 that gets a free t-shirt, get there early. This is fun, entertaining women's soccer. Get out there, support your Golden Gophers for crying out loud. Uh, their next game Sunday, 20 September 24th, 1 p.m. away at Iowa, and then back at home for a very important border battle September 28th, Thursday, 6 p.m. versus Wisconsin. That is the once a year Golden Gopher scarf giveaway. Also. Like not there'll be more than 150 scarves, but when you buy a ticket, select that you want the scarf. It's a rarity. They don't sell them at the Gopher store. You can't buy them in Dinky Town. You can't buy them from the Elizabeth Lyle Rye Stadium concessions. You cannot buy this scarf. You have to buy it with the Wisconsin ticket. If you want that Gopher scarf, come on out. Wait, so you buy the ticket and you get the scarf? Yeah, there might be an upcharge, like like if you want like it's typically 10 or 11 bucks for the ticket. There might be an upcharge for the scarf, but I don't think so. I think you just check the box that says you want the scarf. Mm. And if you go inside the stadium, you go to the table and then say, and they look your name up. So cool. All right. Um, you're but telling me that, that there's, a, there's a, a Michigan player named Sparkowski and she doesn't play for Sparty for Michigan State. That seems like a, a, yeah, poor choice of, of college colleges to attend. Um, I, granted, yeah, I would remember. much rather be in Ann Arbor than East Lansing, but um, you know, it, if she wants her name and likeness bucks from some big sponsor, you know, Sparkowski the Spartan is a missed <laughs> marketing opportunity. And I, yep, I'm glad you pointed that out. I agree. Um, cool. Uh, all right, so Minnesota Aurora. Um, speaking of. Gophers and there's some I know some Aurora players. Um, Nicole Luchik, the, the uh, manager uh, slash sporting director um, slash everything. Now uh, she was made a, a full time staff member. Sounds like she's gonna be in charge of things like camps and and things like that. So it just just shows that Aurora is doing. They're they're building. They're continuing to build. They're not really resting on their laurels. Um, they're trying to expand their reach into um, Minnesota women's soccer. Um, and not just like the high school and, and collegiate level, but, you know, uh, further down the further down the line. Um, so that's really cool. And it, I mean, that's not surprising. That very much fits with the ethos of that club and just being a community, a community focused um, organization. Um, but it's also really cool that they have the resources to actually invest in that, too. It's not just they're not just talking the talk and, and inviting some kids out to, to be at the, the matches or attend some practices, but actually like building for um, a more sustainable 
um, a more sustainable future. So she's really cool. Yeah. And for those that don't know, uh, she was working there, you know, part time. She also was working heavily with, um, was it Fusion? No, Rush. She was, she was working yeah. with Rush Soccer, uh, which has youth soccer clubs all over the United States, right? There's Rush Soccer Midwest, and within Rush Soccer Midwest, there's Rush Soccer Wisconsin. And Rush, you know, anyway, but yeah, she had been the director of operations of Twin Cities Rush Soccer Club uh, since 2021. Before that, she was the assistant director of Rush Select. Um, so she's been a part of Rush Soccer for a long time. That was her supplemental income. In addition to coaching Aurora, she now can focus on Aurora full time, which is a big responsibility. Yep. <clears throat> I will say I found the, uh, the 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 soccer scarf ticket package. If you go to Google the Gopher uh, soccer schedule and you can actually buy tickets, you click on the Wisconsin game and there's a link you got to click to buy the, the ticket with the scarf. It's only it's an extra five bucks. Tickets are ten bucks for adults, and it's an extra five dollars for a scarf. So, uh, highly recommend. I love a deal. Highly, highly recommend doing that. I'm gonna do it. Um, I'm gonna. I already blocked off the time. They are limited. The sooner you buy your Wisconsin Gopher tickets, the the more you can reserve your scarf. Like yep. just do. It. Yep. Cool. All right. Um, let's jump back over to Minnesota United, and we'll talk about the upcoming matches we have. Uh, we play at the LA Galaxy uh, this coming Wednesday. Uh, nine thirty local time. Um, what to say about the Galaxy? They are behind Minnesota United currently in the uh, in the playoff race. Um, yeah, and by uh, a lot. Yeah, they yeah they are uh just ahead of Colorado by by eight points, but they're yeah they're sitting in thirteenth place on thirty points. Remember Minnesota's. In eighth place on 37 points. So not a ton. I mean, there's there's some distance there, but Galaxy also has a game in hand on us and a, uh, at least two games in, on a bunch of playoff teams. So they're not completely out of it. Um, they do have some decent players uh, that's mentioned several times um, in the past on the show. Uh, Greg Vanny is the manager over at LA, a former Toronto guy. Um, Jonathan Bond, their goalkeeper. Diego Fagundes, uh, midfielder from Uruguay. Uh, Ricky Puig, uh, Tyler Boyd, um, American, might, some U.S. fans might remember him. I think he's got a couple of caps with the U.S. men's national team. Uh, and more importantly, um, one saloon, uh, Raheem Edwards, starting quite often for them as a sort of a left wing back. David, do you want to tell the story of when we all got to sit uh, in Christian's, you know, BMW sure. Field Club. I feel like I've told that story right I'm... behind, right behind the the. I think it was LAFC at the time bench. Nope, it was the Galaxy. It was the Galaxy. And, yeah, because Chase Gasper was there. So there, yeah, yeah. I, I believe. And, and, I, I believe. Remember I told, what you said to him? I believe I told the story, but I, I the very short version. Yeah, we were sitting in Christian seats. We were right by. It's they're really right behind the visiting team bench. Like I think like one row run one row away. Um, and I remember we were there sitting there for the warmups. Uh, I can't remember exactly what I said, but basically I was just like, uh, Adrian, he fucked you, Raheem. And uh, he just smiled and like uh, gave me a thumbs up. Um, like direct, looked directly at me. Um, no, no, no. It, I, didn't he say, didn't he turn around? I was like, 
fuck Adrian. Oh, that's right. Yes, <laughs> you're right. He did say fuck Adrian. Or he, said it aloud. Yeah, he did say fuck Adrian. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, he, he, he did do a thumbs up to it. He said thumbs up. And he said fuck Adrian. Yes, exactly. So, um, oh. man, a man after my own heart. I have uh, from my from what I've heard, Raheem Edwards is not a great locker room presence uh, for his fellow teammates. Um, oh, but I will forever, I will forever love Raheem Edwards uh, specifically for uh that particular reason uh mj is there anybody else uh or anybody specific on galaxy that you want to highlight um this is a uh, team it's a hodgepodge of a team but yeah it is including the hodgepodge i mean they have uh maya yoshida uh japanese player who scored a goal against lafc uh very recently so like you know they they have a center back who can score it, it you're not going to know a lot of names unless you watch a lot of LA Galaxy or MLS, but I think you highlight the, the like Quig, Fagundes, uh, Tyler Boyd. Th- those are all, you know, names that people should know. We should win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's so that, as I mentioned earlier, um, it'll be interesting to see how United plays uh, against the Galaxy. They, you know, in spite of, you know, the Galaxy being one of the, you know, one of the most successful teams in MLS, Minnesota's actually played the Galaxy pretty well. Um, obviously, they, we lost that <clears throat> playoff game back in 2019. <clears throat> um, that wasn't super awesome uh, at home, but you know we've no, played against enough. the Galaxy well. <clears throat> we've we played um, away really well, and you know that that is partially due to I think how Adrian sets up the team and and all that. As I mentioned <clears throat> at the beginning of the podcast, it'd be interesting to see if if there is some more rotation. <clears throat> It sounded like Miguel Tapias would potentially be back for this game, um, which would be great if he is. I, that makes Ethan Bristow um, a superfluous to the to the team for a game. Maybe, like I said, it, it would not surprise me if we see Val- uh, Taylor rotated out and Valentin gets a start maybe um, on the right-hand side, um, especially if Tapias can come back in. Um, and, yeah, Minnesota is a... You know, they are account. They they do well when they counterattack. When they allow the other team to have the ball, um, Galaxy I think will want to control the ball, and they need this win. Um, <clears throat> they need three points in this game. It's one point does really them no good here, um, especially if they have any uh, designs in trying to get back into playoff uh, playoff contention. So I would anticipate the Galaxy are going to go for it against Minnesota and hope to strike, you know, early and and often. So. MJ, any any other thoughts on on this particular match, or you want to give your give your prediction? Given where each team is in the table, and how I know each team is playing right now, this is not going to be a pretty game. <laughs> For those that are expecting something on the order of Barcelona versus Chelsea, go somewhere else. Watch a different game. No one watching MLS ever thinking Barcelona or Chelsea. And Chelsea's shit right now, too, by the way. So, like, if someone thinks this is going to be Bob Bradley era LFC versus, I don't know, uh, Peter Vermees sporting Kansas City when they were good, like, it is not going to be that. Um, This is going to be an ugly game. And so, in ugly games, anything can happen. And I I predict a a 1 1 draw. Okay, Jess, what do you got? I say um, Minnesota, it, I'm sure it's going to be ugly, but I think Minnesota pulls it out 2-1. Okay. 
aggressively optimistic from Jess. Uh, I will. <laughs> I think you know what I. I think Minnesota weirdly, like I said, they were playing much better on the road. Um, they shouldn't have lost last week's game. I think they um, will win this week uh, on Wednesday against the Galaxy, one to nothing, um, setting them up for a particularly egregious fall uh, on Saturday at home against St. Louis City. So, spoiler yep. alert: that I think they lose St. Louis City, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I think Minnesota. I think Minnesota steals steals three points in this one, and and effectively eliminates the Galaxy from the playoffs, which would be uh, very very nice. So, um, cool. All right, let's move on to St. Louis City. Minnesota hosts St. Louis City on Saturday, uh, this upcoming Saturday at seven thirty p.m. at uh, Allianz Field. Um, MJ, who should we be looking out for from St. Louis City? Well, um, on the backside of things center back Tim Parker right he's he's super solid back there um I feel like right fullback Jake Nowinski who I troll every chance I get that he comes to Allianz you know he is inconsistent hit or miss but over time Jake Nowinski and Tim Parker have developed the chemistry to handle that right side defense for City so yeah, I hope they attack down the right more than the left. And yeah, like uh, you you listed in here, but goalkeeper Roman Berkey, right? Um, he's been really solid in the net. He's one of the reasons why they're in first place. Yeah. Um, Joao Klaus, uh, the German-Brazilian uh, guy's parents, or parents, parents, parents were definitely not Nazis. I'm just throwing it out there, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, there's uh, starting uh, center forward. He is back. He's been he missed a good chunk of time with um, with an injury, and he's been back and he's been scoring goals the last the last couple matches. Um, our former Minnesota United two player Azil Jackson um, got traded to St. Louis City in the off season, and for the last several games has been has been starting. Um, has been playing minutes, uh, some good consistent minutes, uh, sort of in the midfield. Uh, they rotate. Um, St. Louis City does, rotates between sort of like a uh, like a four two three one, uh, four three three. They kind of um, they're kind of all over the place in there. Uh, their coach Bradley Carnell, former formerly of uh, Philadelphia, um, <clears throat> so he's got uh, St. Louis City playing um, like a very well. Uh, well-oiled unit. Um, Nicholas Giacchini is is another uh, player that might ring a bell for U.S. fans. And then Minnesota killer, uh, Indiana Vasilev. Um, I don't know if you guys remember last year when we played Miami down in uh, down in Miami or yeah. Fort Lauderdale <clears throat> um, at crappy old Lockhart. And he scored, I believe, two goals to beat, to come from, from Miami to come from behind to beat Minnesota. So that guy sucks. And the dog was <laughs> named, the dog was named Indiana. Uh, that's a, a, a Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones joke for all three of people who got that one. So. <laughs> one more you named the dog time. Indiana. That's how I didn't do my Sean Connery impression. <laughs> so. Sorry, go ahead, MJ. Uh, one more player to point out. Uh, Jared Stroud, who you were like, wait a minute, that guy that played for the Red Bulls? Yes. And then you're more familiar, like he had that brief sit with Austin FC. Extreme right. under underrated rated winger that 
St. Louis City has picked up and he's playing well for them. He's uh, I don't think he's a household name uh, because he's moved around, but very solid winger who can add to their attack and usually finds open players. Yep. St. Louis City should mention uh, currently top of the table um, of the Western Conference. And we beat we were actually the first team that gave St. Louis City a loss uh, in this early in the season. Yeah. In St. Louis. Um, home of shitty toasted ravioli, apparently, um, from, from the folks I met who went down there. Um, anyways, I heard the, I heard the stadium's amazing. And so definitely, hopefully we can get down there maybe next year to, to check out a match, but yeah, so they definitely want to come to Minnesota and spoil our party. And considering that we are doing a very good job of, of spoiling our fans, uh, fun at, uh, <clears throat> at Allianz field, um, especially against a good team. I'm yeah. going to say that we, we lose this game as well. Um, we lose this game. I think two to one is, uh, is what the, the end result be. I think it is. I think it's two to one. I think we just get a late consolation goal. I think this is a, will be controlled by St. Louis city. I'm hope I'm wrong. I really, really truly do. Um, but based on track record and what I've seen from this team so far and what St. Louis has been doing to the league this year. Um, I think we're in a we're in for a potential world of hurt in this one. So I got a, a two one loss to St. Louis. And to be the ultra negative, Nathan, I will say they lose one to four. Mm. Even worse. All right, just give us any sort of positivity. Um. Okay, I'm gonna say we we have a. I just think we're more likely to win than we are draw. Yep. Yep. So, so I'm going to say, say it. three, one win. Yeah. All right. There you go. That's a, uh, that's a six point week from, from Jess. If uh, everything holds true. Um, the cool. eternal optimist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything, uh, anything else for, from either of these two games, any, any ways we want to see uh, Minnesota attack or anything like that. If, if we get, two points from these two games out of six, I will be ecstatic. Okay. Yeah. Ecstatic for two? Really? Yeah. All right. We're setting the bar very, very low for, I am. for her from Minnesota yeah. United. So cool. Uh, all right. Well, we're pretty much, in, I'll just say up one thing, um, Champions League, Europa League, Europa Conference League, all the European stuff is starting up uh, again this week. Um, I know Blackheart will be open tomorrow or today. Actually, if you listen to this podcast, if I get it out early enough um, at 11:45 for the uh, Milan and Newcastle Champions League match, uh, and then again on Thursday for Liverpool's Europa League match um, at 11:45. Um, yeah, but the Champions League stuff. Check out the Blackheart schedule if you want to come hang out and, and watch some soccer and, and work remotely. Um, I will probably be there most Champions League days because I live very close and I can walk there and. Um, I know the I know the password for the uh, the uh, the good internet at the at the Blackheart. So, also a couple of former Aurora players are playing in the Women's Champions League. Right, uh, Abby and Ken's uh, Kenzie Lang- Langdock are are playing. Kenzie has even scored a goal in the Women's Champions League uh, qualifiers. So uh, they are playing for Spartak Spotnik out of Serbia. Uh, I don't think the qualification games are on Paramount Plus. But if they somehow run, they, they, they play a really good Sweden team from, from Malma uh, next in, in Rosen, Rosenborg. I believe it's Ro- Rose, Rosenborg. Anyway, or wait a minute, in Sweden it would be 
Rosenbora, right? Rosenbora. Anyway, the Rosenbora usually makes the UEFA Women's Champions League quarterfinals every every year, round of sixteen quarterfinals every year. If they get by them, you know, we'll be able to watch some former Aurora players play on Paramount Plus in the group stage, which would be incredible. Cool. Well, hope, hopefully, um, yeah. I. When are the, you know when those games, the, those next qualifiers are? No, but I will say the platform that I cover the Gophers on, and also former Dave's I know contributor Bridget covers St. Thomas on Equal Time Soccer. Follow at Equal Time Soccer, and they are doing a very good job at covering not just the Women's Champions League, but where all the former Aurora players that have gone pro yeah. and how they're doing. So yeah, please Matt, follow Equal Time Soccer for all of that news. Yeah, Matt Mark and the team that they've put together, minus you, of course, um, are really good yeah. at doing at yeah. doing stuff. So, um, but yeah, we should definitely. I think we mentioned this. But I think we should we should try and get Matt and Mark on in the off season to talk a little bit more about um, women's soccer, specifically the, all the women's soccer in Minnesota, because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of women's soccer in Minnesota <clears throat> that I don't think anybody truly knows. Those guys are maybe the only people in the in the states in the country probably who truly know all the stuff that's going on in Minnesota soccer and, and, you know, from the high school all the way up to the professional level. So, okay, cool. All right. Well, that will do it for us for this week. Uh, Trying to keep these short and sweet for everybody, please rate and review the podcast wherever you get it Um, at TDIKMN on Twitter. Uh, I am at Texas Zeller. MJ is at MJ Matsui. And Jess is at uh, Jessica144083. Niner. Niner 2. Uh, we've been the Dave's You Know. This is Dave. We have got to try and work it out. Because we both know we can't do nothing at Son. Long as you do yours, land here, become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Do it, we, we do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be we, done. Uh, we, we do our thing, son.